Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital, Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, uh, joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. Let me get straight in. There's a lot of questions in. And firstly, thank you to uh, Brida in Mallow. I'll see afterwards if John Paul can send this on to you, Jane. It's a picture of uh, Edwina, one of the now not feral kittens. I'll give you an update next <laughs> week. I'll give you an update next week, but I had to send uh, send this on to you. They are fab little cats, by the way. It was a wet and windy evening in November when I put them into the spare room. They're using all the litter trays provided uh, and they have settled in absolutely no mess and they are spotless and they've become total lovable house pets. God, she's done great work, hasn't she, Breathing Mallow? Oh, absolutely. And well done for sticking with it. I think cats are incredibly adaptable creatures if we just simply give them time to adapt and the right friendly, loving conditions to do. So really, really well done on on um, kind of taming them and I'm sure they will enjoy a, a long and happy life uh, with creature comforts and I don't know where the name Edwina came from. <laughs> but she's a beautiful looking cat <laughs> for sure. OK, straight in. Let's stay with cat questions. Hi, Patricia. My cat is scratching under her jaw and just under one ear. I have put the drops on for fleas, but he's still scratching. He's a one year old. Uh, your vet, Jane, might be able to help with some advice, please. Yeah, I think first of all, well done for getting that spot on on and making sure that the common things are covered. So the main common things that would cause itching and scratching in cats would be fleas, ear mites, etc. Um, now, every spot on is a little bit different and your vet will be able to guide you as to what exactly is covered by that spot on. But what I would say is if your cat is still itching after that, um, I would pop to your vet for an examination because it sounds like we might have an ear infection on our hands. Sometimes cats can be trying to scratch or itch at the ear and miss slightly. So they might cause, let's say, um, almost self-trauma underneath the ear. So they can be scratching underneath down their chin sometimes, or even sometimes the, the ones that are not as flexible as, as younger cats can be trying to itch and scratch their ear and might leave a bald patch on their shoulder. They might not be able to quite reach with the foot. So what I would say is visit your vet. Well done for, for getting them covered with the spot on, but it sounds like they might have an ear infection. Now, that could be something as simple as a little bacterial ear infection that might require some ear drops. 
or it could be something else like ear mites. I think it's really important to get it checked out though. Okay, Nina has what she describes as a senior cat who has just recently started loud meowing across the night. She has food, water, clean litter tray all available to her and she's just been passed fit by her local vet. Why would a cat suddenly start meowing at night? Okay, it sounds like you've covered a lot of the the, the kind of basic information. So you've made sure they have a lot of resources, lots of litter trays, plenty of food, and you've made sure that your little cat is nice and healthy. So well done for doing that. If our cat is quite healthy and there's no obvious change in environment, then it could be if they're a little bit more senior, it could be that, let's say, a behavioural change associated with a, an increase in age. So first thing I'd just make sure is that there's no major change in the environment. Um, so nothing has changed with where the cat is sleeping or where you've popped its bed or anything like that, because that can sometimes really throw them off, particularly if they're a little bit older and less adaptable. Um, likewise, if you've moved furniture around to a cat, a big change could be you moving the sofa two centimetres to the right. They are incredibly sensitive creatures. So just have a little bit of a think about what might have changed. If everything is perfectly the same and our cat is healthy, then I would be a little bit concerned that there might just be a bit of brain ageing change. Very similar to in humans, we can sometimes get changes in our brain function as we get older. So senility or, or let's say Alzheimer's. Now with cats, there it is impossible to prove that this is the case. But anecdotally, we do notice behavioral change in older cats in some cases. And sometimes it can present with, let's say, distress or confusion or sometimes just being a lot more vocal, which would be the most common sign we see in cats that might just um, have a little bit of behavioral change when they get a bit older. Sometimes it could be that they're, let's say, hearing something that they don't recognize or can't remember and they're meowing vocalizing or sometimes it can be that there's a little bit of confusion and their let's say day to night pattern of when they would normally be asleep and awake and um, is not quite as settled as it would be for them before I think the main thing to do is as long as your cat has a great quality of life otherwise eating drinking happy and healthy then I wouldn't be hugely concerned about it at this point have a chat to your vet if the behavior continues occasionally there are medications that we can give to improve kind of the oxygenation to the brain if, if we do suspect behavioral change but your own vet will be the best person to judge if that's appropriate in this case um, but I think well done for covering all the bases and making sure your cat is safe but it, it may just be either some, a change in the environment or maybe a, a change in the a change in the brain with some age. Okay, hi Jane. I have an 11-year-old, 11-week-old puppy and I'm wondering how soon should I start taking the puppy for grooming so that the puppy gets used to it? Okay, so I think the really important thing is it depends on what breed they are. So some short hair breeds won't require grooming apart from, let's say, a good wash for the health of the skin, let's say three or four times a year. Um, whereas longer breeds, for example, kind of Bichon Freeze, Poodle, Springers, things like that, um, that would have tear, hair that would be a lot more prone to getting tangled or matted. It's important to, to groom those more frequently, I, I would say, for, you know, let's say your average fluffy haired breed, uh, kind of every six to eight weeks, maybe a little bit longer if, if they're quite short um, in their haircut. But I think your your groomer or your vet would be the best person to give you advice on how frequently to groom your pet. But as for the first one, I would normally suggest once they've had their full primary course of vaccination, so they're, they're let's say, two weeks after the second vaccination and safe to go out and about because they have immunity to those infectious diseases that we'd be vaccinating for, then the more things we expose them to in this period, the better. I think at the moment we're quite restricted because of COVID. So certainly any kind of non-essential services, so grooming will kind of be a non-essential service, same as kind of hairdressing. Um, are, are not active at the moment so it, it 
might be a little while before you can book them in. But I would say any time from kind of four or five months onwards, maybe even a little bit earlier if you have quite a brave, happy puppy, because the earlier you start to have that experience, even if they don't need the groom for the, the sake of their hair, just gets them used to that uh, And that's it's exactly what this, yeah, it's exactly what this person is thinking yeah. of so that they, they, you don't have problems when the dog eventually does need to, need to go. Okay. Um, exactly. Mitchiston listener, question please for Jane. We have a Yorkshire Terrier and we also have a Pug, both males. Every time we leave the Pug out, the Terrier attacks him. Now we got the Pug new shirt because we thought maybe that would help sort things out but the Terrier still attacks him. This is how bad it got. The Pug lost an eye over the terrier a few months ago and we ended up having to go to the vets for an operation to remove the eye. What can we do to stop the terrier from attacking the pug? We'd greatly appreciate any advice from Jane. Both are neutered, by the way. Yeah, both are neutered. This is a really difficult situation sometimes. If for one reason you have one, let's say, quite aggressive dog um, in a household and they, and they don't seem to be sorting out, let's say, their pecking order, it can be really stressful for everyone and dangerous uh, in, in some cases, as, as we've kind of found out with some trauma to the eye in a previous case. What I would say is this sounds like it's a serious enough issue in the household that it's best to get a professional involved. I would ask your local vet who they would recommend as a qualified certified behaviourist um, so that you can get, let's say, I suppose after COVID has settled down, uh, most likely somebody to come in, assess the situation in the environment, assess how the two dogs react in their own environment, because that seems to be the problem when you let them out together um, and see what you can do to rectify the situation. It does sound like it's going to be a little bit complex, but I think the main thing is in the meantime, make sure that you're with the dog supervised and or separate them just to limit any damage that could be done because safety is key. Yeah, because I know I had a friend of mine who had two Cocker Spaniels and did everything, went for classes, tried everything. Mm-hmm. One was just vicious towards the other one and they ended up having to have the more vicious dog rehomed who then went on to a, another family, in is now in a house on his own and that dog is, is the most gentle dog you could ever imagine, just did not want to be with another dog. Yeah, they're all a little bit different. It's like ourselves. Some of us are party people and some of us prefer kind of the solitude of our own company. But um, yeah, I think cert- certainly this needs maybe a little bit more of a kind of an in-depth look at. It's yeah. probably not going to be a simple fix. OK, um, lots of people with puppies. I've got a German Shepherd puppy, eight weeks old. How do you stop him biting everything? Oh, give him uh, lots of distraction. This is a real, real challenge i must admit to manage if it's that he's biting or gnawing at you or the family whilst you're playing with him let's say play biting or it's really important just for the safety of everyone to make sure that that behavior is discouraged now the best way to do that is not by shouting or anything like that it's just by disengaging so if they're let's say play biting with your hand as soon as any play biting happens just stand up remove your hand and just ignore the dog for a few minutes because they'll learn that once they start engaging in any kind of play biting behavior with you that the fun ends so the best thing to do is just to kind of not engage in that behavior and give them some time out but if it's that he's eating everything in sight and things he shouldn't it's really important to try and get him to chew on safe things so um visit your vet and have a chat with them about appropriate toys it's really important for dental health for puppies not to pick toys that are going to be too hard and could potentially damage their baby teeth so it's important to get puppy appropriate toys but i think that will be the best thing to do is to try and channel that kind of all of that puppy energy and all of that kind of 
wanting to explore with their mouth into something constructive. So um, puppy toys or even ones that you can stuff, for example, like a Kong toy, you can stuff with, um, let's say, a little bit of their food and they can have lots of fun rolling that around and trying to lick the food out of the middle of it. I think it's really just making sure that you're giving them a safe way of explaining that, of displaying that behaviour okay. um, and learning about the world. And you've just answered the very same questions coming from Fiona, except her a German Shepherd puppy is nine weeks old and biting and chewing everything. So the same, mm-hmm. same advice to uh, Fiona. Hi, I have a nearly three-year-old Springer. Very excitable. He pees every time he's shown any bit of attention. And as a result, we've been un- unable to leave him, uh, leave the house much. Is there any way to stop this? Pees with excitement. Pease with excitement is most likely the fact that he is quite submissive. Um, so it means that, let's say, if he's interacting with people, he's probably a, there's probably maybe a little bit of kind of fear trepidation. Um, and he might just be trying to make himself seem as non-threatening as possible within the animal kingdom um, anytime he has an interaction. And part of that, sometimes we see behaviours like you go to pet a dog and they roll on their belly immediately because they're trying to show you their belly, say, I'm not going to be a threat here. Sometimes it's things like peeing. Um, so they might be saying, well, I'm peeing here, so I'm really not a threat to you. It's really sometimes just that they might be a little bit of a fearful dog in some in some instances. So I think um, exposing them just very gently to lots of friendly encounters with people can sometimes help to make them more relaxed long term. But if the behaviour continues, I think very similarly, I would advise maybe discussing it with um, with your vet and getting referred to a, a behaviourist because you want to be able to go out and about with your dog and have lots of nice walks. Um, so it is something that you could definitely work and on. And it isn't good um, for the I, dog to be that nervous either as well. No, exactly. We want him to be nice and relaxed and confident. Okay. All right, listen, we'll leave it there. Have a good week and we'll chat next Thursday. You too. Thank you very much. Jane, Jane Pickett, the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.